Ready for another round? It's Bruise Day Tuesday. Here's Drez and Big Nate. There we go. That one's more on cue when you can just pop it right off yeah. out of the thing. It is Bruce Day Tuesday, brought to you by the Cellar Restaurant and Six Pack Store in downtown Blacksburg. Uh, we are in Studio B today because we have Adam Ferris from Ironheart Winery, but also Salty Stash Distillery, which I just got handed the bottle of their brandy. Uh, it says right here, established 2022. So the distillery is a still very new endeavor then, huh? Brand new. Brand new. Yep. Because one thing wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, obviously, well, when the winery is going so well, you might as well branch out and expand. Was that the sort of thinking there? Where did, well, where did the, the idea for a distillery come from? So there, there's a couple different reasons for that. So um, one, you really need to diversify your revenue streams. And when you have all your eggs in one basket, small business is very tough. And as things change economically, um, things change within life, um, it's wise to have multiple businesses running at once. And there are things, commonalities between the two that allow you to run them simultaneously. So you're not exactly starting from scratch. I mean, you've got a lot of the backbone and infrastructure there in terms of, you know, the accounting, the bookkeeping, uh, a lot of the tools that we use between the distillery and the winery. Uh, but the impetus for the distillery was my father, um, practiced medicine for 64 years and decided to retire in 2019 to 2020. And he said, man, I I really love your mom, but I do not want to spend all day with her every day. (laughs) And so I'd like to change careers. Uh, And so we we looked at the property that he owned there in Dublin and wanted to consider maybe a restaurant or some other type of establishment. We talked to so, him. And, this, and the winery's full-blown at this point, yeah, right? Full, yeah, yeah. Full the go. winery's been up and running for three or four, no, three years at that point. Okay. I left my career in corporate America July of 2019. Um, my to fr- do the winery in full, full-time? full Right. Okay. Just and, before uh, the pandemic. Just right? before the world melted down around us. Well, and, that, and that's actually, that's brilliant timing, really. Uh, well. You know, in hindsight, maybe you would say that. But at the time, you know, the governor forced us to shut down because they considered wineries to be a bar atmosphere, which they said was a super spreader environment. And so we were forced to close, like not not close if you want to limit it to 10 seatings, half capacity, like you were you were done. Yeah, but then but they were allowing the. Like to go or that so, sort of stuff, but was that I guess not as beneficial for a winery than as a bar or well, brewery, perhaps? So I guess it was kind of like the the grief cycle, you know. Like initially, the world is coming to an end. What do we do? How do we? How do we? You drink. We, yeah, <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> so no one really knew how to navigate. That. Yeah, yeah. And then they uh, luckily we already held a delivery and a shipping license. So well before the pandemic ever came about, we'd already applied for those things. People just weren't really using them. They were coming to the winery. Um, and <clears throat> my father became deathly ill there about the same time with congestive heart failure. Mm. And um, in 2020, when the, 20, oh, the man. end of 2019, when it's the worst. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, and then uh, we were coping with trying to navigate those uh, health issues right as the pandemic came about. And uh, it's funny, we were sitting in Roanoke Memorial. He just had a, a heart catheterization, and an alarm went off. 
it was their first COVID case that they had experienced at Rome Memorial while we were in there. And I was like, dude, get yourself together. I know we you just came out of, out of that operating room, but like, we're getting the heck out of here. And uh, he was like, ah, sit down, boy. I'm going to drink this Coke and we're going to talk about, you know, what we're going to do with the winery to get through what's, what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so we said, you know, people are still going to want the product, but they've taken away our ability to have them at the farm. So what do we need to do to navigate that? And one of those was delivery to their homes. So we immediately started taking online orders and putting up milk runs to deliver wine to their homes. We were delivering like 50-plus shipments of wine to people's homes weekly. Nate being one of those, I think it might be the first time we met. Um, And then we also realized that, you know, nobody wanted to be together face-to-face. They wanted to um, enjoy things socially distanced. And so we looked at, well, we have this enormous farm. We have an awesome creek. We will allow people to come to the farm and enjoy private spots on the creek by themselves with their family or their circle, their trusted circle. Brilliant. So we started the Appalachicabana program, and uh, you could rent the cabanas in four-hour increments. I would bill you online. You would tell me what wine you wanted. I'd have a cooler packed with ice and wine. No, and so you don't even interact Don't with even them. interact. Just show up, go to your cabana site, live the life for four hours, like nothing oh, like I the cabana. like the love oh, that. Yeah. So how and so, – and you were able to just – Get that going? Like they, there wasn't any red tape you had to worry about with – because you were – I mean, I guess you're doing it all by the book. Right. You didn't have to – you know, there wasn't any close quarters. They never even came inside. Right. Yeah. So wow. uh, That's brilliant. Well, that – you know, you have to navigate the ABC laws. And so the ABC is um, very friendly with manufacturers in the state of Virginia. We have a good rapport with our manufacturing agents. But, you know, we have had to go by the book when it came to how do we navigate that, you know, Obviously, you have to make sure people are of, of age. Um, you couldn't deliver the wine just to anywhere. There was there were some things that we had to work through to make sure that we could do that uh, on on our permitted space. But yeah, people were raring to go because they wanted to get out of the house. The pools were closed. The parks were closed. And here here's this winery in the middle of nowhere saying, "Hey, you can come do this. Come do this. You can play in the creek. You can fish. You can swim. You can float." And that's already something people wanted to do on a, on a normal day. Mm-hmm. And so now that you offered this in a time where we're locked down, people are like, man, I can get into that. And that's actually something that we continue to offer post-pandemic because people just love it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it allows us to share the farm with people that, that want to experience it. I guess because of the, uh, I think it was your father got us talking more about the pandemic, but right. we were talking about the distillery. How yeah. did this come yeah, to be? Sorry, yeah, sorry, man. It's like, so easy. No, yeah. There's no, so, so much history. Yeah. No, but it's so, very, um, I mean, that's very interesting. I, yeah. I am curious how, how a lot of stuff, you know, stayed afloat, yeah. no pun intended with yeah. the creek and the, whatever, but uh, yeah. with the uh, pandemic. But yeah, the distillery started, I guess, just last year. Right. Well, um, so, you know, we wanted to start this other business in the building that he had in Dublin. We we ruled restaurants and stuff out pretty quickly because we realized we were not That's passionate awesome. enough about food to get into that game because it is And intense. the restaurant business is the tough – they say that's the hardest thing to start as a restaurant. Right. It's The, the percentage of success is – Less, yeah, much less than fifty. You're not paying yourself a oh, salary for a few years. Yeah, it's that's brutal. You, you got, that has to be a super passion. That's not. 
It's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. That, uh, yeah. You, you have to live and breathe and eat. Everything becomes that restaurant. <laughs> you know? I mean, know. it is, it is, it defines you, mm-hmm. right? So, and we, we could, we quickly realized that that's not what we wanted to do. So we looked at what we had going on already uh, and said, well, you know, we lose a lot of wine to waste and we could capture that wine. It's just normal operating. You know, you're, you're clarifying wine, you're racking tanks, you're filtering wine. And each time you touch that wine, you're losing some of it, you know, six to 60 gallons per interaction sometimes. And then in a tasting room, you're also discarding wine, perfectly good wine. But at the end of the weekend, we're dumping out 10 bottles that didn't get finished. Uh, And so that the first inclination for us was like, well, how can we avoid that waste? And it was to distill it. So we looked at, you know, going down a distillery route. What would that entail? What does it involve? And we realized quickly, like, well, we can do this, you know, and, and we, we know a little bit about it already. And um, so we decided to start the distillery, pulled all of our federal permits, all of our state permits. That's an entire process in its own. Mm-hmm. Um, we had not started to renovate the building yet. We were still fighting to keep my father alive at the time. He ended up passing away in September of 2020. And then... Uh, we paused for a little bit and say, like, you know, which way's up? What should we do? And I went back to my family. I said, look, we're half pregnant. I've got all my federal permits. I've got all my state permits. Let's just hammer down. Mm-hmm. And so I spent my whole life savings renovating the building. Uh, it took about a year and a half. We did all the work ourselves. We ran around southwest Virginia gathering up needle artifacts and antiques, chandeliers made out of hay grapples from barns, you know, 50 barrel lids on a ceiling, um, draft gauges from old coal-fired power plants, you know, you name it, just really neat artifacts. Um, and we actually opened a little over a year ago to corporate meetings and conferences as a conference center. So oh. that, that revenue started to flow in immediately through that. Nice. Um, we didn't have any product to sell at the time in terms of booze, and so we uh, postponed the opening of our distillery store until about two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you just, just opened. Oh, new to the game. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, definitely you got to get out there and try the, the salty stash. So, so brandy, so I'm more of a, I'm a bourbon guy, so right. I'm very familiar with the bourbon process. Yep. I know the, I know brewing and beer and bourbon, and here you are, the, the wine guy the, and the brandy. So school me on some brandy. So exactly. Mm-hmm. So I guess brandy is, it's derived from grapes and wine or something. Somehow you can well, utilize that to make the brandy. So the government gives you the framework as to what you can call each spirit. So as you know, I mean, bourbon, the mash bill's got to be 51% corn, 4% mm-hmm. malt, and the rest grain-based. Got to go in a, a new American oak heavy charred barrel mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. four years, two years if it's going to be called straight bourbon. Brandy is any fermented fruit. So if you ferment grapes, peaches, strawberries, and then you take that to be distilled, that's brandy. Okay. Most people have had some type of interaction with brandy in their lives through illicit moonshine. So yep. if you've had – so <laughs> a lot of people actually drink what, what people might call fruited liquor or punch, which is like corn liquor that they then mix fruit and syrup back with. That's a fruited liquor or, or, or the good old boys might call it punch. Um, but if it's actually fermented peaches – that then they took the, to the distillery to distill. That's and brandy. That's brandy. Hmm. And, uh, you know, this, a lot of brandy that you might think of, um, 
in the mainstream, Hennessy, Cavassier, uh, they're not finished dry. They have a mouthfeel additive, so they're a little bit syrupy, almost like more cough syrup. More sweeter, right? Yeah, yeah. and the, the proof's going to be down in like 40 to 60 Sometimes. Oh, that's right. I didn't even. I handed the bottle to you. Yeah, it's eighty I, I, proof. Eighty proof. Yeah, okay. that okay. that massive pour that you poured, you're, you'll be on cloud nine. <laughs> was that a massive pour? I, <laughs> well, don't I mean, you like five was, ounces there. So. I am getting warmer. Is <laughs> yeah. that is that what that is? <laughs> it's, that's uh, yeah. It's going to be a day. <laughs> it's going to be an afternoon, <laughs> evening <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah you go home yeah. and go to bed. Yeah, you know. But, yeah, but no this worries. this brandy spent its life uh, after. So let's back up a little bit. Most people don't know a ton about distilled spirits. Um, all distilled spirits start their life basically the same. They're fermented, and, uh, you know, the grain guys are going to call it mash. Uh, we refer to ours as wine because it actually starts its life in the winery as wine. It comes to the distillery, and then the s- distiller is a vessel that heats that wine, and each of those components in the wine has a different sublimation or boiling point, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you've got... Ethanol, which is the product that we want. You've got ethyl acetate. You've got methanol. You've got all kinds of other oils and other uh, components. Science. Science. It blinded me. (laughs) Um, Anyways, um, it's a fractioning process. Yeah. So we're basically trying to separate each of those components through the the use of heat. Mm -hmm. And then we will uh, condense those with Cool, cool water through a condenser to then produce the spirit. And that is uh, a clear product. Our still runs at around 178 to 180 proof usually. Um, and all spirits start that their life in that manner. It's a fermented sugar that then gets uh, separated with the use of heat through a distiller. Um, and most people don't understand that all products start their life clear. Uh, it picks up its color through the contact with other items. So in our case, in most, it's oak. Uh, and the oak that you use, there's a, a whole world of oak. So, I mean, you can use American oak, French oak, Hungarian oak, uh, you name it. And then those barrels can be finished in many different ways. So do you use your wine barrels? No. Okay, no. We it's got to be fresh, clean oak? Mm, or? Not necessarily. We just, we prefer... So each of those different types of oaks impart different flavor and mm-hmm. aroma, and they are profoundly different. So it was, it's been a really neat process. We hope to expose people to this. But you could take the same brandy, put it in four or five different oaks, and they will impart totally different uh, aromas and flavors, and your experience is totally different. So if you take the brandy and put it in a Hungarian medium-toasted barrel, so the barrels are burned inside you, you can order yeah. a, a neutral barrel which is not burned but you know we like toasted barrels so they gives it a, a color and yeah, yeah i mean they might be 350 400 degree exposure for 15 minutes whatever it's going to caramelize the sugars it's going to start to change the chemistry of uh, the wood grain and the the alcohol moves in and out of the pores of that oak and that's what takes the brings the flavor mm-hmm. so in this you're going to get a lot of candied apricots and fruit, which is probably a lot of the brandy itself speaking, but you also get some of that character out of the oak. You get a heavy vanilla note, a lot of that oakiness, and then maybe even a little cinnamon uh, if you really think about it. Um, But if you use a heavy charred barrel, you get a lot more color. So the the bourbons are a lot darker in color. Um, And the flavor profile is a lot more of that smokiness. Mm -hmm. But a charred barrel actually imparts significantly less flavor than a 
toasted barrel because the char kind of encapsulates the flavor. Yeah. And uh, you get some of that uh, carbon neutral uh, filtration effect, but you get a, a ton of color out of it. So r- real quick, because I know that uh, apparently I had a heavy pour on this yeah, brandy. Yeah, so initially I was going to drink all this and then go to it. But maybe should I just, because I know you mentioned that there was some sort of a, you do something where you mix the brandy with one of the wines. Right. So What's, Nate showed uh, our white sangria, which is a peach-based product. Uh, in, the, in our offerings at the winery, we have uh, 10 different varieties from dry to sweet. The sangrias are on the sweeter side of the spectrum. Um, there's a recommendation on the back of the bottle to add a portion or you know some brandy so, to it. So we got brand. So how much? Sure, I would should, pour it to the to the logo. Logo. The, yeah. All right. We'll yep. do that. And uh, so that wine is peach and citrus based sangria. Uh, it's got a lot of that flavor in it. And the brandy that we have has a, a really candied apricot, peach aroma, and flavor, uh, if you really think of the descriptors. And so they really complement each other nicely. Uh, can you hand that to us? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I like it. I'm, wa- I'm watering <laughs> down my brandy with more <laughs> food. I didn't realize y'all yeah. hadn't already done it. My yeah, fault. I guess right. I should have. We're waiting on you politely to finish your heavy pour. Yeah. Well, not, well I figured, well, okay. okay. All right. Well, it's going to be one of those shows, man. We're D-Rob. Uh, so... So, yeah, that's great. I mean, we'll see how this, the nice little combo. Yeah, so, but um, you got your distillery license, all that stuff's good. You're going to branch out beyond brandy, do you think? Well, I don't know. I don't foresee doing that anytime soon. And the reason why is because, one, it's a total vertical integration from what we already do. Like, it just makes sense for us to Stick focus. Stick with the brandy. Yeah. I mean, we're already in that lane in terms of fermenting grapes. Uh, we, we already know how to make wine. We already have all that infrastructure. We just take a portion of it in bulk to the distillery to run it. So we don't, you know, the fermentation of grains takes more equipment. It takes a little more work. You have to heat and cool. Mm-hmm. And um, with fruit, fruit just wants to become Booze. wine. I mean, it just, <laughs> you just. Doesn't on its own I mean, we do, yeah, we do lots of stuff to make sure that it's good quality and clear. But, you know, you can expose it to yeast and it's just going to go. Where with grains, it takes a little more work to break the starches down to where they're consumable by yeast. Um, baby other, steps, baby steps. We just started here. So, but as far as the brandy goes, it does. you're talking about the different, you know, you can yeah. have different variations of brandy. Would you think about maybe doing just a, the sticking with the brandy, but different lines of the brandy? Yeah, so what we've been doing is just finishing the brandy in different manners based on, like, you know, lightly toasted oak, medium toasted oak. Maybe we'll expose some to some heavy char soon. Um, I I think that this brandy that's finished, at, you know, on medium toasted oak at 80 proof is much like a heavily weeded bourbon. So very bright, uh, lots of candied fruit. It's got a really fantastic coffee and or uh, toffee and caramel aroma and flavor with vanilla. And so, you know, it's it's similar to some of the weeded bourbons you might encounter. The color is not quite as dark as it wasn't exposed to any charred oak. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can definitely see that. We we don't want to be in the bourbon game. Uh, it's a tough game to get into. Well, so um, there are a lot of people in it, mm-hmm. and. And then they've been in it for a long time. And, right. Uh, yeah. Well, and if you go, you if you want to put a product on a Virginia ABC store shelves, you have to go to Richmond and make a presentation to the board of directors that's over uh, the marketing and uh, product selection. And they do not want a duplication of products that they already have. So, well, first thing that we did 
we asked some questions like that. <clears throat> we went to the ABC store. If you can visualize the ABC store in your head, you know, the, the left wall in the back corner is all going to be whiskey and bourbon, mm-hmm. right? Brown liquor. The whole, like half the store. Uh, the right-hand wall and, and back right corner is going to be vodka. vodka yeah. You're going to have a row of tequila, a row of gin, half a row of gin, uh, you know, a row of rum, um, and then the brandy section will be like five bottles over there. You're like, hey, lady, where's the brandy? Like, oh, yeah, those five right there, you know. And so the entry, the barrier to entry is a little lower. So when we go to Richmond to make that presentation, like, hey, you know, we've got some brandy. We're pretty proud of it. Here's the story. You know, the likelihood that they say yes, I think, will be higher. higher. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, will we move the volume that the guys do in bourbon? Who knows? I mean, people love bourbon, but there's a lot to choose from. You know, if they find a brandy that they like, there's only a few of them to, ha- to select from, and the others aren't going to be very similar to what we make. So mm-hmm. who knows? It's a crapshoot. The good thing about the distillery is you can change your mo pretty quickly not like the winery the winery takes years to do that yeah distillery we can we could be in the bourbon game like production a week from now mm-hmm. the, it wouldn't be ready for years but uh you know we can you could sell clear whiskey all day long yeah so. i could talk to you all day long about all about all this stuff man but i think we need to wrap it up this sure. is our we're already running a bit long yeah sorry uh, about that and again no it's fine Don't dude be. this is all very interesting um and and now i've i've diluted the brandy so i'm not giving but it was it is delicious I, again i'm not a i'm not super familiar with brandy but easy to drink easy to sip uh it had again like now that I don't have it in front of me, I wish I had the notes and the smell it, to be the top of top of mind. I've been drinking, Nate. I've been drinking. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but it was good. It is delicious, mm-hmm. I, and I I highly recommend people get out there. So when they go to Ironheart, is it kind of one and the same? You can so no, so they are totally different, and they are not even close to each other. Oh, really? Okay. Physically, so the winery is in Allisonia, Virginia. That's about thirty five minutes southwest of here. You go down. I-81 to exit 89A, like you're going to go to Hillsville, mm-hmm. and then we're 10, 10 miles off the interstate. One turn, really easy. Yep. Um, the distillery's right here in Dublin, so just 10 minutes uh, down Route 11 here. Oh, okay. Uh, right across from McDonald's uh, at the intersection of Claiborne and Alexander Road near oh. Walmart. All right, so, so we don't even have to go as far to get the yeah, brandy. That's right, that's right. Both of them are open on Saturdays and Sundays, Saturday from 12 to 5, Sunday 1 to 5. And of course, you can uh, check them out on, I guess, websites and mm-hmm. you know, all that social sort of stuff. media. We'll tag we'll Adam's tag on it. his social media game. We'll tag you, Adam. Well, thank you so much for coming in, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this has been a real pleasure. Definitely check out Ironheart and uh, and the Salty Stash. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll get back to rock. That's it for me on a on a, on a Tuesday. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done for the day. And I'll be back tomorrow to rock your socks off in the afternoon hours. One hundred five point three, the Bear Style. See ya. Thank you.